Heads up, audio listeners, you're about to hear a videotaped conversation. For the full experience, you'll find the video version of this episode on Spotify or YouTube. The opening shot is of an owl. The initial thing, as soon as I saw it, was wisdom. You know, wise old owl. Is that what you're trying to impart, I guess, the the difficulty of getting to wisdom? No, but that's a good... You'll take it. <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time talking to filmmakers and going like, is this what your movie's about? And they're like, you know what? I'm not sure, but pretty good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> that is Portuguese filmmaker Filipa Rice. And with her co-director, Wao Miller Guerra, she makes movies that seem straightforward, but are actually about an awful lot. At Cannes, they debuted their film Legua. It's about two housekeepers, middle-aged Anna and elderly Amelia, whose job is to keep a huge country estate spick and span. But the owners are never around and is tending to an empty house. And when her husband gets a job in France and Amelia's health starts to fade, she's got to figure out what she's willing to sacrifice for work and loyalty. I'm Rico Galliano. This is the Movie Podcast. Welcome to a special season of conversations from the 2023 Cannes Film Festival. This is episode eight, Philippa Reis on Legua, a movie that was inspired by the house where they shot it. So that that house belongs to the family of my co-director. Not bad. So we, we were already very close to the house and to that place, to that village. The idea of writing a story there was already in our minds. So mm. it was a way of spending more time there. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. It was just like, I enjoyed this place, so I'm going to set a film. Yes, I live in the city, so it's also nice <laughs> to spend more time here. <laughs> I do often wonder this about filmmakers, especially when it's in an exotic place. This doesn't necessarily qualify, but like, it's, did you really have to shoot it in Hawaii? Or, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, we, we could find another house. No, of course. That's true, but... The idea of this empty sure. house, so the house belongs to the family uh, of my partner. We spend some time there, but it's true that the majority of the year the house is uh, empty. So we And there is a lot of uh, houses in Portugal like that because things change, families change, mm. people move to, to, the, to the city. So these kind of things happen. But there's a kind of critique going on here because at one point the daughter is telling her friend that this house is laid empty and her mom works there. And then she says something like, this is this is like the time of kings or yes. something. And your, your main characters are very consciously working class. You know, it seems like there's a um, economic critique going on here. As it well. is. It's there. And it's to us. On this family that has this house mm. that is the majority of the year empty with this, uh, yeah, thinking ab on us, about us. Yes, it's Think a reflection of Like issues of privilege and et cetera? Yeah. Well, why do that? I mean, like, that's it's it's a vulnerable thing to do. <laughs> it's good to be vulnerable. Not everybody does it, though. Not everyone would yes. subject themselves to a self-critique. I think it's good, yeah. But the way, I will also say that the way that it's portrayed, there's like there's also a moment where a character shows up at the house you don't even see this person. They just show up at the house to drop off rent. And they say that it's like been a year or something since they've been able to pay rent. So you've got this idea of somebody who is outside of the, they probably rent someplace on this land. Yeah, it's land, yes. 
And they, they're they not obviously doing that well, but they're paying somebody who doesn't even live in this enormous house, you know? Why have that kind of social commentary? It's almost like on the sidelines. It's not like directly addressed. It's sort of on the sidelines. Why do it that way? Because it's what happens. People um, rent the land so that other people can explore and give part or either in money or either in what they plant to the owners of of the of of the land but the way that it's being shown is kind of off screen like we don't even see that person mm-hmm. and it's and i feel like that's emblematic of the way that social issues are dealt with in this movie it's like in this very elegant way but it's not like hit on the head it's sort of like on the sidelines you're telling a story about these women but on the edges of it there's this yeah, social critique going on the story is about them but they belong to this uh, system. Hmm. Yes. Let's talk about your main character since it is about them. The introduction of Anna, I thought was so fascinating. It's two scenes. The first is her in a bathroom, uh, sort of doing her toilette and singing a song. She's singing along with the song. I'm, it feels like that song was specifically chosen. I'm not Portuguese, but what is the significance of that particular song? It's a happy song from the 80s uh, uh-huh. of a singer, one of the first singers that admitted to be a lesbian in Portugal. Really? So it's someone that we admire a lot uh, and the actress also. So she, yeah. She's, uh, would it be too much to put on that? I'm thinking out loud now because I did not know any no, of that. No, it's only for who who knows. It's like a, sure. it's a political thing, but it's not for for everyone to to understand because sure. it's not there it's not in the song but now that i know it it makes total sense because in a way like it sounds like this might be a person that is appreciated because it's like they decided to live their life the way that they wanted mm-hmm. to live it yes which feels it. like it's maybe which anna yeah decides to live her life so, all the women in the film i think they are very empowered because they are living the life that they choose to to live that's true. And it is interesting to me that like the life that Anna chooses to leave is one, the word servitude is too much to use, but in service to her friend, she decides to stay in the house, even though her husband has to leave for work to help out her older friend. But I think there would be some that would say that like, that's not the most empowering thing to do to basically, you know, like attach yourself to somebody that you're their caregiver rather than going and living your own life with your Significant other. I think there is this uh, gratitude that she feels for the friend, which is uh, very strong. And she also said that she doesn't want that much to go to France and clean other people's house when she can be there. Uh, I think she really loves where she belongs. So she really loves that land. She really loves the life that uh, she has. So she prefers to stay. So she's... She's very empowered, I think. And that's why the first scenes are so important to for us to stay with her and understand what she's really losing for not going to France. But she's not uh, this, uh, you know, a woman that just uh, is so pure and decides to stay and decides to help. It's not that. It's more complex than that. That's right. Because the, the second scene that I'd mentioned earlier is... And this was really surprising to me is like a fairly sultry sex scene, like very early on in the movie. And unless it's an erotic movie, 
I'm used to a sex scene coming as like a plot point at some point, you know, after meeting somebody or like a romantic moment or something. But it's like right off the bat, like you define the character through that. And this is this is why. This is why. Yes. Tell me about how you directed these characters, because it feels like we're coming in on them and they're just living their lives and your camera happened to be there. How do you get to that? level of just kind of casual realism is it is it scripted entirely it's all scripted yes it's all scripted uh carla is a professional portuguese actress yeah, of course. Uh, and fatima um who plays the old older character uh she's not so we casted a lot uh, in senior universities around uh, mm -hmm. the village where we shot, so in other cities, uh, and we met Fatima. We had also this uh, person with us uh, to rehearse, especially Fatima. Uh, so we have rehearsed a lot with her, seeing because there was two things that were really important that we couldn't fail. We couldn't fail casting and we couldn't fail believing uh, that Fatima decays mm -hmm. during the film. So we really needed her to understand physically how to decay. We had a lot of exercises for her to walk with the weight uh, so that she, you know, so that the position of the body was more tired because she's uh, she breeds health. She's super healthy. She's an amazing, uh, healthy woman. woman. Uh, so we needed her to like to understand physically how to how to do it. But I'm curious though. That means so you're saying she's the picture of health, but you wanted to find somebody that knew how to decay, and she's not a professional actor. How could you tell that she would be able to pull it off? So when we start casting. We understood that it would be very difficult to find someone because people have their own land which they care and grandchildren and a lot of uh, things to attend to. So they wouldn't care about us. Really? Uh, they wouldn't want to start Yeah, a cool it was movie? like, uh, okay, yeah, maybe we, I don't know, It's you, you feel that, <laughs> no? When I think there is this also something that you exchange with the person uh, when you're casting. Mm. And with Fatima, there was this ex exchange of uh, interest. Uh, so she lives alone. Uh, she lived in the UK for many years. Mm. So she's... Uh, very open-minded, very curious, very... So it was... I understood that it was someone to whom this challenge would be uh, mm. a happiness in mm. her life. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was very important because she was super generous and it's really a hard thing to ask, you know, yeah. to someone that it's not a professional actress. So it's uh, it was very demanding what we were asking her to do. As you mentioned before, you work in a team with your partner, Joao Miller. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how do you, I'm always curious about directing teams because directing is so much exalted as literally an auteur. It's one vision. <laughs> and directing teams, clearly that's a split vision that somehow you have to share. How do you divide the duties on the set? So this time we tried not to divide duties. That was the agreement. Because, in the past, you did? Yeah, in the past, I was more with the characters. He was more close to the DOP and to the shot. And mm. and this time, we said, let's not do it. Let's let's really share everything. So I, I don't Why? want to be... Because it was an interest that 
we both had. So it's nice to to do everything. It's not it's not good when you just do that and then and then you see how oh, is it okay and so mm. uh, we tried to really do everything together. I think it was uh, sometimes uh, harder for the actresses because we asked. Uh, you know, can you also do it like this? And can you also do it? So we tried different really? uh, things. So yeah, it's like, you like both... in rhythms and th little things. But, uh, you know, we, and with the DOP also, sometimes we did, uh, okay, let's do what Philippa is asking and then what João is asking and then we'll see. And uh, So everything took twice as long, potentially. Not twice as long, but was negotiated, mm -hmm. uh, which I think it's... Uh, for me, it was more pleasurable to to be a part of. Uh, what do you think? The, what, the was it thing. equally so for Huao? Do you think? I think so. Yes. No. No. I <laughs> okay, think so. Good. You discuss more, so it's a bit like more. Okay, now he wants. Uh, now she doesn't. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I think uh, I think it's more fun, and you're really doing the whole thing. You're not just. But am I getting this right? Also, you're like going to the actors, and it's kind of like, could you do? Could you give one for Hao and one for me? Not exactly like that, but okay. can you do one like uh, slowlier, or can we, you know, change something, or yeah. can you not, you know, like these kind of adjustments? So we have to ask them if they understood that it was one for João and one for <laughs> Philippa. <laughs> but we didn't shot like twice everything. No, no, no. So uh, you've mentioned this already. It's one of the things is that you're exploring here is aging and the issues of aging. You were looking for this character who could decay throughout the film. And I'm noticing at this can that there's a lot of this. And it's not just from older directors. There seems to be a, a focus on aging, sort of re-looking at your life and seeing whether you made the right choices or deciding all of a sudden, as in the case of some of the characters in this movie, that they're going to do something different with their lives. What do you think is going on? Is there something in the air where we're just kind of like, you know, let's screw the past. Let's figure out how we make what remains of our lives worth it. I don't know about the others, but on our case, there was... So, João's father passed away, and this had a, a, a big mm -hmm. impact in both our lives. It was very sudden, uh, so it, it it's something that we were digesting when we start thinking uh, on the film. So, I, I it's, it was pretty much with us. And I think that also... Um, Regarding to the character of uh, Anna and this decision, and uh, you know, to go stay in a certain age and rethink your life. So, yes, I think it's we are in an age that uh, you think uh, you think about it. You think, uh, okay, what am I going to do now? Philippa Rice, her new film with Juan Milaguera is called Legua. Look for it this coming year. Meanwhile, this episode of the Movie Podcast was written and hosted by me, Rico Galliano. Kira McKenna produced, along with Elodie Fagan and Josefina Perez-Portillo. Sean Holdsworth edited the show, and Michelle Cho is our supervising editor. Yuri Suzuki composed our theme music. Our camera crew in can included Cedric Azar, Alice Dupla, Rob Godfrey, Solal Colon, and Matis Toti. Special thanks to Mubi's additional team in can, Eric Eisenberg, Sam Letter, and Elias Malky. The series is executive produced by me, along with John Baranachea, F.H. Daniel Kasman, and Michael Taka. 
If you're a Spanish speaker, our sister show Mubi Podcast Encuentros is also posting interviews taped to Cannes with Latin American filmmakers. Watch or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, to stream the best in cinema, head over to Mubi.com to start watching. Next episode, I talk to Hungary's legendary Oscar-nominated filmmaker Ildiko Inyedi about the giant challenges of making short films. Till then, go watch some movies. Thank you.